Um, we're so glad you're here. There's one other quick announcement. Last, uh, last month, we honored missions, uh, and we had Corey and Tona Kautz with us. And I was saying their name wrong the whole time that they were here, but we got it right. And uh, God moved on our hearts as a body, and as we tracked our missions giving over the last four months, uh, we were bringing in more from Faith Promises than was going out. And so our missions board said, you know what, let's pick up the Kautz by Faith. And uh, so we are regularly supporting the Kautz family, which is really exciting. And they're going to be on their way to Columbia and uh, to serve, to be working with uh, the kids and also in some construction things. And so we wanted to make sure that you were aware of that. This, today is our Mission Sunday, and our Mission Sunday takes a little bit different view. Instead of going a foreign missions across the world, maybe represented by one of the flags, uh, this morning we're going to hear from the heart of a ministry that is literally right across the street. And, uh, and we're going to hear uh, uh, from the heart of Teen Challenge, the Women's Center this morning. Pastor Dave uh, will be with us in a moment. But this morning, before we do that, we want to take an opportunity to give to the Lord and uh, to give back what God has given to us. And I know that God will bless you this morning as you give. And so, ushers, if you'd come at this time, we'd like to prepare to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And uh, we want to say thank you for your faithfulness. And while you're coming, we also want to make sure that you are utilizing our communication box. It's out on the lobby. There's communication cards. If there's things that you need to let us know or the board uh, or the staff, um, you can take one of these cards, fill it out, and uh, it will, uh, we'll be able to record that, follow through. And uh, we're doing that as a measure to, uh, to communicate better, one of our goals this year. Amen. Let's pray as God... Uh, continues to challenge our hearts this morning. Dennis, why don't you pray? At this time as well, our kids can be dismissed to head back to Club 252, straight out the back door. Club 252 can be dismissed. Thanks for being here. We got all the kids. Love it.
Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we have West Michigan Teen Challenge with us, and uh, I want to introduce Pastor Dave, who is the men's director, uh, but when he travels, he travels with the ladies' group. How about that? And so he gets a piece of both worlds. Uh, as many of you know, uh, Teen Challenge is right down the road on Pontaluna for the men's center, and literally, for those that you don't know, you could throw a rock, I think, from our land uh, across the street, crossed Harvey, and hit one of these nice women, if you're not careful, all right? And we know we wouldn't want to do that, but they are literally uh, right across the street uh, from the Olivet Church, uh, and, uh, which is just our neighbors uh, to, the, to the south. But we are so excited. We've been praying and asking God to meet us here this morning. And uh, as we celebrate missions together, this is home missions and reaching out in our community. And uh, we are excited to hear the stories, to hear you guys uh, worship, continue to worship. And uh, we are in for a treat. So let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Dave. Come and, uh, and then West Michigan Teen Challenge. Thanks, Pastor. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning. I'm, uh, I was looking forward to this ever since I found out that I was going to be coming here and see a lot of familiar faces uh, out in the congregation this morning. And uh, just glad to be with you this morning, to worship God with you this morning. And, and just let you know what God has been doing behind the doors of Teen Challenge and uh, Pastor Ben, I wouldn't throw a rock over there because these ladies are feisty. They'll throw rocks back. They will. Uh, amen. <laughs> amen. Praise God. I, I travel with the ladies because they make me look good. So that's why I like to travel with them. And uh, things always smell nicer when you're traveling with the ladies, too. But praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to worship God this morning and just. We want to give God some glory this morning for everything he's been doing. And I, I get the privilege every day to see um, God work miracles. Um, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I was we did the banquet the other night and I shared with the people at the banquet how John was in prison. And uh, he know John, as far as I can tell in the word, never really got to see the miracles of Christ. He baptized Jesus. God told him, the one whom you see in my spirit come down and rest upon, that's him. He's the Messiah. And uh, John, that's how John knew. But right away, John was thrown in prison when Jesus' ministry uh, came in. And so John never really saw the miracles, and he sent some of his disciples to Christ to say, are you the one? Here he had told others, that's the Lamb of God, follow him. But then he began to question, he said, are you the one? And Jesus said, you go back and you tell John what you've seen and what you've heard. That the eyes of the blind are open. That lepers are cleansed. That the lame man walks. That the dead are raised. Amen. And I, I was thinking about the, that passage of Scripture in Matthew the other day. And, and I said, man, you know what? I can tell you today what I've seen and what I've heard. <laughs> Praise God. I can, I can report to you that there's no other that we need to look to. Because John said, should we look for somebody else? And there's no one else to look to. Jesus was the Messiah. He was the healer. He was the deliverer. He was the forgiver of sins. 
He was the miracle worker. And I've seen the eyes of the blind opened. Amen. People were walking around in darkness, spiritual darkness, and, and God opened their eyes. Amen. The lame walk. Sin has a crippling effect on people. It cripples people to where they, they can't function. But I've seen them healed. Amen. They're no longer cripples. Cleanses the lepers. Leprosy is a disease. A lot of people call alcoholism and drug addiction a disease. But my Bible says Jesus went about healing every sickness and every disease. So you can call it a disease if you want. I call it a sin problem. Amen. But if it's a disease, I know the healer. Amen. And I've seen people who were like diseased healed today. And one of the greatest ones is the dead are raised. Amen. The Bible says you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. Amen. When we lived a sin life, rebelling from God, we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. And the wages of sin is death. But I know one who has resurrection power, who gives people new life and raises them up to walk in resurrection power and with newness of life today. Praise God. Jesus is the one. And he's all we offer at Teen Challenge. There's no other way that we can help people but introducing them to Christ and seeing them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And, and I see people touched at the altars every day, all week long. And, I, and I've said this, God can do more in one of them people at an altar than I can do in a year of counseling. He can touch them right there and heal their broken hearts. Forgive them of their sin. Cleanse them. Wash them. Amen. And touch them in a way that nobody else can. And I get to see that every day. And I thank God for it. We uh, at Teen Challenge have been offering that same thing for almost 40 years now. People come to us broken. And we introduce them to Christ. But then we don't just stop there. We want to teach them about the Word. We want to teach them what it means, how to take it, how to apply it to their life, how to walk it out. Jesus told them to go out and make disciples of all men, all nations. And that's what we're trying to do at Teen Challenge is just disciple people after Jesus Christ. Teach them how to follow Christ. Amen. A believer is someone who not only just believes in their head, but someone who uh, believes with their heart. And takes what they believe and, and, and it becomes a part of their life. They become partakers of Christ. Amen. So I want you to hear this morning from these ladies, as many as we can, just what God has been uh, doing in their life. Amen. I'd like you to go to number six on that, Clayton. And we're going to start off by worshiping the Lord. I just feel to worship God. to him. 
his presence I humble myself I lift up both my hands and I begin to worship him I worship
everybody. Um, my name's Amanda. I'm 23, and I'm from Mississippi. Um, I was born and raised in a Christian family. I've got a grandmother who's a strong woman of the faith. My aunt and my cousin are both very involved in the music ministry. My uncle's a pastor, and my parents um, love and diligently serve the Lord. So needless to say, I was very familiar with the presence of God when I was growing up. Um, and, you know, I believe the only reason I'm standing here today and the only reason I'm alive today is because at the age of six, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I'm not sure how serious I was about the commitment, but regardless of how serious I was, Jesus Christ was very serious about it. And he has held on to me even in the darkest of times. I got into junior high, and I was very involved in youth group. I was going to retreats every other weekend, but I slowly started going for all the wrong reasons. And peer pressure really set in, and I just I began to compromise. And it, it all started with the way I talked. I began to compromise with foul language. As small as it seems, I believe that's where it started. And this led into high school. I began to drink because that's what everybody else was doing. I got into a few relationships I had no business being in, abusive relationships, relationships that introduced me to pain pills, and I began to experiment with those. And this really led to a party life for me. I was, um, I liked to be seen at the parties. I liked having fun because, you know, sin was fun for a season. And that led up until my college days. And in college, I found out about this drug called Adderall. And um, people were telling me that, you know, you can make it through your days better and you could study better, get better grades just from this drug. So I manipulated my way into a doctor's office, manipulated my way into a false ADD diagnosis, and left the doctor's office with a prescription. Fast forward a few years, and I am increasing my own dosage without doctor's consent to the point I was shoving 15 to 20 pills in my mouth before my feet hit the floor. I had to have a combination of Adderall and pain pills to get rid of the headaches the Adderall was causing. And when the pain pills wouldn't do me any justice, I started um, getting involved with Oxycontin. And I believe the Oxycontin addiction got so strong that um, against all morals, I started, um, I began to steal from my parents. I began to write checks on my parents. I began to steal my mother's jewelry and pawn it so I could just get a cheap fix. And I just, I became everything I said I'd never be. I, I remember sitting and we would have people come and speak to, at our schools that would tell us, you know, say no to drugs. And I remember sitting there thinking, that's never going to be me. I'm going to do something with my life. And boy, was I deceived. I think the minute I started saying that is when the, the enemy just latched onto me and just wouldn't let go. He had a vicious grip on my life. And, you know, the sin in my life separated me from the presence of God. I remember sitting in church being high as a kite, and the, the Spirit of the Lord would still speak to me because God is stronger than any sin in my life. Amen. And, you know, I believe at this point I was the walking dead. I couldn't go a day without getting high. It wasn't anymore about feeling good. It was just about making it through. And I'm so thankful that in Romans 4.17, the Word of God says that God will call the dead back into existence. He calls things that are not as though they were. So when everybody else thought I was going to amount to nothing, go nowhere, and they thought I was going to die in my sin, Jesus Christ told me otherwise. And today, I'm so thankful for Teen Challenge because I know that I would have been saved out in my sin, but without Teen Challenge, I probably would have turned my back on God and wouldn't have the foundation I have today, wouldn't have the ammunition I have today. This is my weapon today. This is the only fix I need today. 
And I'm so thankful for the Word of God, how it's just sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through the sin in my life. And I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ who bared it all. We were in, I've never experienced worship like we did today. And I remember I was just sitting there and I got a vision of that nail-scarred hand reaching out and grabbing my hand and telling me, regardless of what you're going through, Amanda, I've got this. And I'm so thankful for the Jesus Christ that saved my soul. Thank you for hearing my testimony. Praise God. Thanks, Amanda. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Catherine, I'm going to ask you to come. This is her first rally, her first time out, but I just felt like the Spirit led me to you. I'm Catherine. I'm 24 years old. Um, uh, God has been good to me. Um, this is my third attempt at Teen Challenge. Uh, two years ago, I came here with a pain pill addiction, and uh, I lasted three weeks, and I thought, you know, I can do this. I go to church, pray. I got this. Well, uh, a year later, I end up in Arkansas Teen Challenge. Only lasted two weeks there. Um, called my mom when I got home, and I said, you know, Mom, the girls there, they're, they're on crack, and they do heroin, and I've only got a pain pill addiction. So <laughs> about six months later, I'm addicted to heroin and uh, every other drug I can get my hands on, crack as well. Uh, working in the gentlemen's clubs. So God um, planted a seed, though, that first time I came to Teen Challenge. And I knew that there was a better way, you know, that, that I had. I did feel that, that peace, and I wanted that back. And God, um, this time, you know, I've only been here just a little over a month, but I've beat that three-week mark that <laughs> I was trying to do. And uh, God's keeping me, and, you know, I said I'm going to have a good positive attitude about this, and that's... You know, my attitude is positive, and God's been keeping me, and he's, got, he's filled me with peace. And my, I come from a family of seven children. Five of my sister brothers and sisters are addicts. My parents are both addicts. You know, and um, the odds that were against me, but, you know, God, God has a better plan for my life, you God. know. And um, I don't know the address, but the scripture that I'd like to leave you with is, Oh, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. So, Thank you, Catherine. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to uh, do number three there, Clayton, and I'm going to ask Gwen to come and sing for us. Cause you brought me, yes, 
that brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way. You've been my father. You've been my mother. You've been my sister. My brother too. Cause you brought me a mighty, a mighty long way. A mighty long way. You've been my water, you've been my life, my everything. But you brought me, yes, you brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way. You brought me through every valley of darkness, and I couldn't seem to find my way. You brought me through every valley of desert, every minute, every hour, and every day. You brought me through every river of fire, and life water was rising around me. You brought me out like a helpless little baby. You even brought me out of slavery. I look back on that road I was traveling. I want to thank you when I pray. You brought me, you brought me a mighty, a mighty long way. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, because you brought me a mighty long way, a mighty long way. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, because you brought me, yes, you brought me from a mighty a mighty long way. I thank you, Jesus. In heaven, you brought me a mighty long way. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, you brought me a mighty long way. Hey, hey, hey. Amen. Thanks, Gwen. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to ask Sandra to come and share her testimony. Sandra's about to graduate. Uh, my name is Sandra. I'm 41. I'm from Naples, Florida. So this weather you have here is something else. Um, I... Uh, I've been battling uh, an addiction, a bondage to pain pills for a little over 20 years. And uh, I can't say I was addicted to just one because whatever they gave me, I got addicted to it. And I had a lot of doctors and they gave me a lot of medicine. The first rehab I went into, I've tried rehab, psych wards, uh, detox centers. Uh, first rehab I ever went to, I went in with an addiction to pain pills. 
I came out with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder and eight prescriptions. So um, I got addicted to those too. And uh, I just got addicted to anything that would, uh, any mood altering uh, pill. And then I had to go and add uh, alcohol, like that wasn't enough. And um, so I, I just, you know, tried to live my life the best way I could, which wasn't all that great. Um, I, I knew there was a God, but I didn't really understand him. I didn't have a relationship with him. Um, I was raised in the Mormon faith. And um, I just did not understand the God that they were they were teaching. And um, in 2003, um, this God that, you know, everybody said it was good, he just really rocked my foundation. Uh, my younger, one of my younger sisters was murdered on New Year's Day. Uh, her boyfriend shot and killed her in front of her children. The children came and got me and... Um, I had to stand there, and, and as I gazed down at her dead body, I, I yelled. I was furious at God. I'd been trying to kill myself for years. In one way or the other, every time I shoved 15, 20, 30 pills and then chased them down with alcohol. Um, and here she was, dead, and I was, I was still alive. Because I remember, you know, doing all of that, and I remember I would wake up disappointed you know, the next morning, because I knew I was going to have to do it all over again, and I was just tired. I was just tired. So last year in March, my family was tired too, <laughs> and um, I was at some friend's house, and uh, uh, I'd been drinking, and this was, uh, you know, I, I drank day and night. This My feet didn't even hit the floor. I just reached over and on the nightstand, I had a, a bottle of, of liquor and my pills. So my feet didn't even touch the floor. And I was already I was already drunk. So there's a knock on the door, and there stands my stepfather. That sobered me up quite a bit. And um, I remember looking at him, and there was tears in his eyes and the sad look on his face. I just remember looking at him, and I said, you're going to make me go to Teen Challenge, aren't you? <laughs> and... And uh, he said, no, he said, no, he, he laughed and he said, no, I, we just love you, your mother and I love you and we want to bring you home. So they brought me home and that night, you know, my mom looked at me and gave me a hug and she said, I love you and I'm glad you're home. And I looked at her, she had that look, that same look in her eye that she had when she was looking at my sister in her coffin. And... I went into the room and I, I prayed to this God that I didn't understand. I prayed really hard. I said, I, I just can't do this anymore. You're going to have to show me a different way. So the next morning I get up and on um, the kitchen table there was a folder with Teen Challenge written on it. My dad printed up all the information off the Internet, left me the phone, a cup of coffee, and a couple aspirin. And um, so I, I made the call, and I, I came to Teen Challenge, and, and it was something. You know, I was sitting in Florida, 85-degree weather. <laughs> I come here, and it's uh, freezing. <laughs> and, um, you know, the first phone call, I told my mom, Mom, you sent me to Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has been the best experience I have had. 
um, I remember when I walked in, I said, you know, my heart is going to have to change. It's going to have to be my heart that changes because I had all of the, the, the head stuff. You know, I was a model patient. You know, rehab, psych wards, I, was m I, m I knew all the answers. So, but it never helped. Never helped. So, um, you know, in Teen Challenge, they give us a lot of scripture. I mean, a lot. A lot. And um, I came across Psalms 51, uh, verse 9, and it says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away, neither take thy Holy Spirit from me. So that became my prayer for months and months and months. And then God, in his mercy and his loving kindness, he gave me Ezekiel eleven nineteen which says, I will give them a single heart, and I will give them a right spirit. I will take that stony heart, I will remove that stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, and that is exactly what my God has done for me. He has given me a heart of flesh. I can feel things. This man that killed my sister, I pray for him now, and I pray that he comes to the same saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that I have come to. All the glory and honor and praise go to him because I know that he is the only one that's going to be able to keep me. Nothing else on this world is going to be able to do it. So it's going to be according to my earnest hope and expectation that in nothing I be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now, also Christ, be magnified in my body, whether I live or I die, because to me to live is Christ and to die is victory. Thank you for having my testimony. Hello, my name is Becky. I'm 23 years old, and um, I'm only standing here because someone stood in the gap for me and prayed. I'm so grateful that God's grace was sufficient enough to save my soul, and I'm just so grateful. I grew up really sheltered in Alaska in a little town, and my mom took us to church, but my dad had nothing to do with us um, going to church, and so I never really had a relationship with him until I became older. I never dabbled in drugs until I was about 17 and uh, began going into the drug scene. <coughs> by 2005, by the age of 18, I was already entered in my first rehab, and after I left rehab, I met my husband and had a baby by the age of 19. Uh, in the beginning of 2007, my dad died from alcoholism. In that same year, I attended a Teen Challenge graduation and got saved, but of having no foundation, I stayed the same. I didn't know how to give up my bondage, uh, which became a needle addiction. Last year, you know, it's so true that sin has no boundaries whatsoever. I walked out on my two children and my husband because I wanted to use. I entered into Teen Challenge in September. <coughs> I stayed on my face for four months praying for my husband because he was out west um, using. And four months into it, he came into Teen Challenge. And now the Lord has just restored our marriage and my children back to me. And I'm just so grateful that I can stand before you and 
A scripture that I just love is, um, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. It's just what the Lord has done. Thank you for hearing my testimony. Good morning. My name is Tiffany. I'm from Grand Rapids, and um, I'm 30 years old, and I've been in the program almost three months. And, um, you know, I came from a really great family. We were raised in the Christian Reformed Church. Um, when I was eight years old, my parents got a divorce, but we still, um, both my mom and my dad, continued to stay um, in their own separate churches. So, But um, around the age of 16, I had the choice whether or not if I wanted to continue to go to church or whatever I wanted to do. And so I started to, um, you know, find excuses and not go to church and kind of pull away from God. At age 19, I met a man, and um, I, um, when I started to find out what kind of person he was, I um, also found out that I was pregnant. I, um, at the age of 21, was when I had my daughter, and um, she is definitely my pride and joy, and I am so grateful to have her. Um, and, but because of trying to protect her, I kept the father out of the picture, and the pressure of being a single parent started to um, really get to me, and depression started to seep into my life at that point. I, um, I luckily, though, was blessed with a wonderful dad who was there um, for me and my daughter and um, just really tried to be there and to fill that void that my daughter needed, you know, as far as a guy role model. Um, about four and a half years ago, though, my dad was building a house, and um, there was an accident, and he fell, and um, he hit his head. And because of the fall and hitting his head on a concrete wall, um, there wasn't much the doctors could do. They, the Aramed took him to the Butterworth Hospital and tried everything. We had the best surgeon. Um, they tried everything to save his life. And unfortunately, um, they couldn't. But you know what? He's in a better place. And someday I will be able to sit at the feet of Jesus with him and give all that glory and honor to God. And, um, but unfortunately back then when it happened, I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. I started to be selfish and to think of myself and to think that this is, this is too difficult, that I can't deal with this. My daughter has lost a second, you know, man in her life. And at the same time, my dad was my rock and everything that I just looked up to. Um, so at that point, I had this void in my life, and I tried to fill it with what I thought was the next best thing. I started to just be completely immoral and, and started to drink and to do everything to um, kind of numb yourself and to not have to think about the struggles of everyday life. Eventually, I met a man um, about two years ago, and he um, really took to my daughter and was um, very kind to her, and it started out great with him and I, but then eventually um, we started to have problems. He was very controlling and um, became mentally and physically abusive, and uh, I saw myself completely keep drifting away from God, drifting away from my family, and all these people that I should have stayed close to. You know, they were the ones who had their life, you know, on the right path and, and everything, but I wasn't listening to that. And um, 
I, um, this past September, because of the poor choices that I made, I started to lose everything that I had. I worked so hard for everything that I had, and I had a house for like six years, and I lost that. And I had a great job, and I lost that. And, um, and then um, eventually, because I had no way to take care of my daughter, um, I had to give her to family, and I had to start staying at shelters, and I was stealing from my family and everything. And I remember the night, <laughs> it was actually December 17th, it was the night of my daughter's birthday, and I couldn't live with who I was anymore. I had to, I had to tell my mom um, who I was and what I was doing. I didn't want to be in that bondage anymore. I didn't want to be that person. I knew I was better than that. And I called my brother and I said, I've got to tell you I've been doing all of this stuff. And he says, we've got to talk to mom. My mom sat on that phone and talked to my brother and he, he told her what I had been doing. And I'll tell you what, my mom just, it crushed me because she just wept. She cried so hard when she saw who I had become. And I turned my head in shame, and I couldn't even look at her, and I cried out to God. I was like, please help me. And uh, at that point, um, I was told about Teen Challenge. And I was, I was told about a couple other places, but I was like, Teen Challenge, you're talking about a year. I can't do this. I can't leave my daughter and, and just move away from my family and everything. But um, God kept saying, no, this is what you need, you know, need of me. And then on New Year's Day, the only thing that I had left was my car. And I never saw the guy come in. And all of a sudden, I pulled out, and we hit. And uh, I got out of that car, and I looked up to the sky, and I just said, I get it, God. I get it. <laughs> you know, if you've got to take everything away from me for me to open my eyes and see what you're calling for me to do, then I will do it. And I'll tell you what, I've been here now three months, and I am so grateful that I came into these doors because I feel God working in me, and I feel that that void that I tried to fill is now being filled because the only one that can do that is God. And God is, that song like we sing, God is so good. Oh, he is. He definitely is, and I'm a living testimony of that. He is so good to me even when I didn't deserve it. Thank you for hearing my testimony. Praise the Lord. Amen. Cindy, I'm going to ask you to come and share. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, church. Give all praise and honor and glory to God. Um, my name is Cindy. I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I was born and raised Catholic in a very good family. Um, I got everything I wanted and everything I needed and then some. Uh, I started dabbling with alcohol and drugs at the age of 16. Uh, my best friend's dad was a chemist, so... I don't have to say anything else. Um, I continued with that lifestyle. I really liked to drink, um, but I was I was okay with it. You know, I I lived the worldly thing. Um, had an excellent job. I was a regional sales manager. I made six figures. Had a good marriage. <laughs> two beautiful children. A good home. Everything that the world has for you. And I lost it. I lost uh, my marriage of 19 years to the bottom of a bottle. I lost my two sons to the bottom of a bottle. I lost my job of 17 years to the bottom of a bottle. But like I said, it was okay. I kept going. Um, I was in a lot of abusive relationships. And, mm, praise God, 
the last one that I was in, the man tried to kill me, and he was put in jail. Um, and I was getting ready to be evicted from my apartment, and the Lord sent an angel, my mother, to come and get me, and she brought me back to Muskegon. Um, she lives in North Muskegon. And she introduced me to Teen Challenge, and she said, Sin, look into it. And so I looked into it, and I'm like, whoa, that's a year of my life that you were asking me to give. And But then I got to thinking, wait a minute, I've been doing this drinking and stuff, you know, all my life. What is going to be a year? And it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, I graduate next month, and they've asked me to stay on staff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... There's been a void in my life, and I could never figure out what that void was. So I would, you know, be immoral, and I'd drink, and I'd do things that were not logical. And I discovered love, and it was the love of God that I was missing. And, wow, Teen Challenge showed me God and showed me the love that the Lord has for us I mean, I live with 30 women, man, and it's, I mean, it's good stuff. Um, I love the Lord. I love the staff. Pastor McLean has done so much in this ministry. It's amazing. You're awesome. And I just want to leave you with this scripture. It's Proverbs 3.3. 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind it around your neck and place it on a tablet in your heart. Thanks for hearing my testimony. Thanks, Cindy. Praise God. You know, uh, did they tell you that you're not going to be making six figures a year working here? <laughs> oh, no. Depends where you put the point. <laughs> Amen. You know, I wouldn't, I, there's nothing else I'd rather do. Um, I thought I wanted to pastor a church. I went and tried to do that, and, and, and things went good, but um, I knew I was out of God's will. And uh, a lot of other things I know I could do, probably go make a living and uh, make a lot of money, do a lot of things like that. But, you know, that's not where it's at. It's about people. It's, it's about souls. <laughs> Seeing a life changed. I get more joy out of that. <laughs> that I could ever get uh, with money or things. Amen. Those things are going to perish. Those things are going to fade away. <laughs> Amen. But, a, but their souls e are eternal. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, I've tried everything else in life myself. Nothing satisfies like Jesus. I woke up this morning saying, singing only Jesus can satisfy your soul. That's an old one, but uh, I'm getting older, so, amen, they're probably like never heard it, amen. I, I, every once in a while, I get up and do praise and worship with Sister Esther for my chapels, and I sing songs that are so old to the students, they're new, so it's, <laughs> praise God, it works out, you know, and uh, praise the Lord. We want to sing one more song, and I just want to spend about 10 minutes in the word after this song, I want to, there's something that God's laid in my spirit and it won't take me long. And uh, I'm not a long-winded preacher except at Teen Challenge, but uh, I just feel like God's given me a, a short 
message for you this morning. And uh, But we're going to sing one more song that says, I love the Lord. I'm going to ask Amanda to come.
be seated. Praise the Lord. I just want to give you a few scriptures this morning. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, I think you're going to want to mark these in your Bible. <clears throat> you know, we need to do that today and every day. As troubles arise, we need to know how to run to the throne of God and, and seek the Lord. Otherwise, we exhaust ourselves. We, we weary ourselves. One thing I was uh, teaching in class the other day, and God just laid these scriptures on me so heavy. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that one day we're going to shed this body. Praise God. <laughs> we're going to get rid of this old body. Amen. And we're going to have a glorified body like Jesus had. And, and uh, we're not going to feel any more of the pain and the suffering and the things that we go through. Down here we face double, op double opposition. We face sin. Uh, we go through all sorts of trials. Uh, from the fall of man, he has known pain. And uh, uh, pain was brought forth after that fall when, when man sinned against God and uh, had to labor and we have to earn our living by the sweat of our brow and that causes a lot of pain sometimes and, and suffering and so on. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that in verse 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Now, we like the glorified part, but the suffering part nobody likes. Amen. I don't like suffering, but I know that in this body I'm going to suffer. In this life I'm going to suffer. Verse number 18, Paul says, For I consider that the present sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, here's the good part, in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of of our body. So all of creation is growing, the groaning. The, the Bible says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. When man fell, God cursed the earth and, and man was cursed with labor, with pain, and so on. But one day, praise God, there's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more suffering. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more temptations and trials and tests. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. I'm excited about that. But, it, but in the meantime, we're, we're groaning. 
this body is groaning. And the scripture says, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. How can we be renewed? Through that hope. That hope of eternity, that hope of that glorified body. Paul says we need to know, number one, that we are the children of God. And if we are the children of God, that we are heirs of Christ. Amen. Uh, You might be poor in this world and in this life. One day you're going to be rich. Amen. But more than just with money. Amen. We're going to be richly blessed. I hath not seen nor ear heard. Amen. You can't even begin to imagine the things that God has in store for those who love him. And Paul said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, they're not even worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. I know that when I, when I read this scripture, when I get down, when I'm suffering or when I'm going through it in this life or in this body, I like to turn to scriptures just like this right here. One day it's going to end. One day this is going to be over. We have a saying around Teen Challenge, this too shall pass. Amen. It's going to pass. It's going to go away. Amen. The trial will be over soon. Praise God. You know, there are people that suffer, Christians all over the world that suffer every day. You know, and I look at some people and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for grace. (laughs) I've looked at some of the other people's lives and the things that they go through, and I'm like, man, God, you've been pretty good to me. I pray it keeps up. God punishing them? No. God torturing them? No. In fact, you know what? They're usually got deeper faith than I do. They're usually a little bit stronger. They're going through the fire. But God's bringing them forth as pure gold. Go with 2 Corinthians quickly. 2 Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians four and also verse number sixteen. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though the outer man is decaying, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if this earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house, and he's speaking of our bodies, Indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that which is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who also gave to us the Spirit 
as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage. Get that in verse 6. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Again, we're, we're groaning in this body. We're, we're longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. And the more I suffer, the, the more I long to be clothed. The more I go through in life, the more I long to be clothed. And we're groaning. We're being burdened because we want to put on that heavenly dwelling. I thank God for the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us through life. Know this, that when you are a believer, the Holy Spirit comes in you. We read in Romans that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're His children. And we have the Holy Spirit living within us. You know, the Holy Spirit is given to you as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And I want to tell you something. When we're going through the fire is when we need to get into the Spirit. When we're going through trials, when we're, when we're suffering in pain, is when we need to get into the Spirit. We need to begin to seek God and allow God to touch us. He gave us the Holy Spirit as our helper. He gave us the Holy Spirit as our comforter. He gave us the Holy Spirit as our advocate and paraclete. Amen. He gave us the Holy Spirit for our peace because the mind, oh, it gets tortured sometimes. And how we need the peace of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And in our hearts, we need the peace of God to guard our hearts and to guard our minds. You heard some stories where when the pain's too much, people go medicate. Go numb themselves. That's not the answer, folks. The answer is to find an old-fashioned altar and get on your face before God and cry out to the Lord. And the Bible tells us that we can approach that throne and that we can receive grace and mercy to help us in a time of need. And the Bible also tells us that God's compassionate. Amen. And He's able to comfort you. And after you've been comforted, you can turn around and comfort somebody else. Praise the Lord. How do we get through life? We walk by faith. I have to know it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I'm going to shed this old body. It's going to get better. My wife suffered with a muscle disease. I see her walking every day. Sometimes for a long time, she has parents. She says, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of the pain. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of weakness. But you know what? She keeps going. She just keeps going. Believe me now. And I have given up praying for a miracle, for a miraculous healing. She went for almost two years without anything. They came back on her. And I'm just, oh, I'm going to that old devil in the teeth. And she knows. Oh, one day I'm putting this off. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have to suffer anymore. Now, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to close with this verse. In Colossians 3. Tell us we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to set our mind on things above. You know, Paul talked a lot about this. Paul talked a lot. Paul went through a lot. I mean, he prayed God to deliver him from a messenger of Satan to torment him, to buffet him, to beat him out. And he's like, my grace is sufficient. You know, here's Paul laying hands on everybody else, and they're all getting healed. Jumping up and walking around the apostles' shadows, falling on people, they're getting healed. Paul, deliver me from this. Oh, Paul, my grace is sufficient, Lord. He suffered. He knew what was to suffer. But one thing Paul always did, set his mind on things above. He looked towards the end of his race. 
It says here, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. For Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Say God's wrapped around your life. Your life is hidden in God. With Christ in God. And when Christ who is our life is revealed, you will also be revealed with him in glory. We can also look at 1 Corinthians 15, which talks about this mortal putting on immortality. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God and archie glad. Amen. So I don't know what you've been going through in your life. I do know this. Everybody suffers. Everybody goes through things. Everybody experiences pain, trials, temptations, attacks on your mind. Sometimes you go through just pure mental anguish. Amen. Paul tells us, set your mind on things above. Not on things below. I, I just know sometimes I gotta get heavenly minded. I gotta start thinking about heaven. I gotta see the finish line. I need to see the end of my race. Amen. And it gives you hope. Praise God. It gives you hope. So I don't know what you've been going through in your life. But I know there's people here who've gone through it and are going through it right now. And God wants to help you better today. God wants to strengthen you today. He's never person help in time of trouble. Many are the afflictions of the race, but God delivers us out of them all. And in one way or another, God's going to deliver us. Whether He sets us free in this life, or whether He delivers us with all the deliverance when we go home to be with Him. I've seen people suffer Christians unto death. People say, It is God healed. I say, He did. It was their time. He did. They're not suffering anymore. They're with Him. The pain over. Their trials are over. I get a little jealous sometimes. Man, I'm so sorry. Man, well, God's got a purpose for all of you. So maybe you've been going through it today. We want to open this altar up if you'd like prayer this morning. If you need a touch in your body from the Lord, whether you need healing, whether you've just been going through the fire, the Lord wants to give you grace and wants to give you strength today. Maybe the Lord's going to heal you right now. I believe he can, though. Amen. I can have a musician to the keyboard as well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I love you. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. I know we've gone on here, but I believe that God wants to minister to you today. It's not that this morning passed by. God is in this place this morning. Jesus is walking the aisles this morning. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes and let's look at heaven with this morning. Let's set our mind on things above right now. Come on, get your mind off things here right now. Get your mind off on, get your mind off whatever else is going on. Let's set our mind on things above right now. Hallelujah. Let's set our minds on Christ. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep forever this morning. Life forever this morning. I'm just going to ask you to start coming. Amen. Come on, some of you know you've been going through it. Come on, what's behind your Sunday smiles? I'm doing great. Everything's fine. But in reality, we're really hurt today. We're really going through something in our life. You say, I need to touch from God. I'm going to ask some of you ladies. See, John, come up here. Let's pray with the sisters. Somebody pray with a man. Any ladies from the church want to come up here and pray for these sisters? Hallelujah. Come on, men. No, we're big, no, we're tough. We need God. We go through it too. I was going through no battle this weekend. The devil attacked my mind. Amen, brother. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I got to touch you this morning. The Lord touch you. know what? Reach out to him in faith. Reach out to him in faith right now. You can get to just cry out to the Lord right now, right where you're at. Those of you who need to touch. Come on. Walk by faith this morning. Let your faith call out to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Brother Charlie, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to touch you, brother. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Kindness leads me to repentance. Your goodness draws me to your side. Your mercy calls me to be like you. Your favor is a delight. Every day I'll wake up my face. For a song from my heart. You are good. You are good. You are good. Your mercy is forever. You are good. You are good. You are good. Your mercy is forever.
This morning, I'm gonna ask that all those 21 under uh, just come forward and just kind of make a line here across the front. And you know, we heard testimony of uh, these young ladies, some of them grew up in Christian homes, uh, others maybe not. But for one reason or another, just kind of let's come back to the lantern here. For one reason or another, uh, they lapse in to creep in and capture their hearts and capture their minds and their, and their bodies. And I just want to pray a prayer over each of our students, just asking God to put a hedge protection around them. I'm gonna ask parents to come and to pray with their kids, and others will come and just to bless them. And we're gonna pray a prayer of faith that God is uh, gonna set these students apart, that no evil will befall them. That, that Jesus will capture their heart. I want to share one quick story about parents coming. There was a, a, a lady at our last church in Ohio. Her son was in our kid ministry. His name is Cameron. I can't remember her name. But drugs and alcohol played her life. Uh, and we encouraged her on so many occasions to come to West Michigan Teen Challenge because Pastor Brown uh, had a relationship with Pastor McLean and she would come. And the ladies that are here, you know that for some of your stories, you were moments at times away from death. Wanting to die. And this woman continued to resist, continued to resist. And she ended up passing away from a drug overdose. And her son Cameron is left. No husband, no, no dad. Oh, it's the tragedy of sin. Students, just I want you to look at me for a moment. One of the ladies said, sin is fun for a season, but it'll kill you. It'll kill you. And I want you to pray with me that God would protect you and give you strong encouragement to love the Lord with your heart, your soul, and all your strength. I'm going to ask Mark to pray over you this morning. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we just lift up to you, God. Lord, a generation of teenagers, Lord, and young people, young adults, Lord, start the church of today. Lord, we ask that you would just keep them, Lord. Lord, all the different places in their walk with you, in their walk of life, Lord. Father, I pray that wherever they're at right now in this morning, you would meet them, God, in this altar right now, God. And Lord, I pray that you would work powerfully in their lives. God, I pray that you would keep them from sin, Lord, keep them from the entanglements of the enemy, God. Lord, I pray that you would give wisdom to parents, God. Lord, wisdom to parents to lead their families, God. Lord, and uncle, guardians, parents, God, that you would give them great wisdom. Give them great wisdom, God, to lead the children you put in their care. For grandparents in the room, Lord, Lord, to be part of what you're wanting to do in their children's lives. Lord, you give wisdom to how to pray. God, you would wake in the middle of the night in critical moments, Lord. When you know what's going on in my family, I know why or what's happening, God. You'd wake them in a moment, pray, intercede, and stand the happening. Lord, continue, Lord, praying through. Praying until, Lord, you see a breakthrough. God, for you, people that have issues that are facing struggles, God, that they're looking at a child, Lord, their family, and their lives, God, the things that they're facing, the unique circumstances in front of them, God. Lord, I pray that you would use faith in their hearts this morning to trust you, God, for the supernatural, to trust you for what only you can do, God. Maybe it's freedom from addiction in their life, God. Lord, maybe it's hope in a situation that seems hopeless, God. Lord, maybe it's just a desire, a wish, a feeling that they belong, that they are accepted, that they are loved. Lord, in the world, in a situation where you feel rejected and pushed out, God. Lord, this morning, they know they're accepted by you, Lord. Heavenly Father, may each one commit themselves to a lifelong, fully devoted relationship with you. And renew that commitment daily in their lives. To throw off daily the things that would entangle them. The things that would enslave them. To throw it off daily. And to run with perseverance the race that you have marked out for every one of these young people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Forget to mess on more times you turn your seats. He can move on mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Offer of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move on mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Offer of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Light, the world's king. We're singing for the glory of the risen king. Jesus shine light. The Lord, see, we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine light, 
shine my head, let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine my head, let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine my head, let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine my head, let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer or anything this morning, we will stay and anoint you with oil, and otherwise be blessed. Go and increase God that will go before you behind and around you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, come, we'll pray with you.